0: what brings a community together shared insights shared conversations welcome to open door by cox communities tackling the big questions on the minds of smart community business leaders
1: Welcome back to Open Door by Cox Communities, where we're providing content for you to consider when making decisions for your multifamily communities. Discover the latest trends and technologies that are making some multifamily business owners stand out. I'm your host, Bess Friedman, CEO of Brown Harris Stevens. Joining me on the show today is Executive Director of Digital Marketing and Sales at Cox Communities, Ken Bukowski. Ken is charged with leading digital initiatives and strategies, and he's with us today to explain how you can leverage digital marketing to grow your multifamily business and attract residents. Ken, thank you so much for joining me today. First off, where does this podcast find you? Where are you?
0: This finds me here in the uh, slightly cloudy city of Atlanta today.
1: Okay, well, great, nice to see you. Let's talk a little bit about digital experiences and why do you think that they're becoming so important in our current landscape?
0: Well, Bess, the way we look at it, it's about helping people stay connected to moments that matter. This is a very big deal to us here at Cox, and we firmly believe that great broadband is foundational to a great resident experience. So people need to stay close to loved ones, to do their job, to educate their kids, to be entertained, and the list goes on and on. And the Internet makes this possible and easier. Broadband via higher Internet speeds make these experiences even richer. So, you know, it's really no wonder why there are more connected devices and faster speeds and greater broadband usage than ever before. I had seen a stat just the other day that the average home has something like 25 connected internet devices in their home, and and we all know that that number increases almost seemingly by the day. And so for communities, digital's been accelerating as a means to reach more qualified traffic, speed up how they do business, conduct more activities virtually, and position their units for top rental potential while reducing costs at the same time. So, of course, all of this was underway even before the onset of the pandemic. But Mm -hmm. since then, I think communities have had to get very creative. And I've seen some examples of what that's looked like to meet the demands of an ever-changing landscape that we see today.
1: Well, now that you brought up the pandemic, what do you think the impact has been on multifamily business in your arena?
0: Oh, wow. Great question. I ran across a study conducted by McKinsey back in 2020, so this has a little bit of age to it, but it revealed that the pandemic has accelerated digital adoption by five years, if not more. And I think we see that in so many areas right now, just how much we've been through, what we've done, and how we're utilizing electronic experiences more than ever. And for some communities, I'd like to say, and I've worked with some, that they were already well down the digital transformation road and were able to minimize the impact on their business while they even thrived really during the most difficult periods of the pandemic. And for others, uh, you know, it's fair to say they had a bit more work to do to implement solutions that could create an ever more virtual experience. That's not what they had focused on to that point. But the good news was there were a lot of examples and there are a lot of things that people can shamelessly steal. And even on a daily basis, uh, these things are becoming more commonplace every day. So there's plenty to work with. In one case in point, just look at QR codes. Before the pandemic. Digital marketers were losing interest in using QR codes. And instead of being quick response codes, they're more like no response codes. <laughs> However, you know, since the onset of the pandemic, QR codes started showing up everywhere. I mean, how many of them have we seen just all over the place and uh, for in restaurants, for menus, app downloads, you know, business people use cards.
1: Using... Business yeah, card. exactly. I was at an event last night. I mean, we were like using QR code, like it made it so easy.
0: I know. And, and how often did you use QR codes before the pandemic? I did not. Exactly. And I'd be the first one also to say they weren't that popular. And, and I think device makers like Apple, but not limited to that, have made it very easy to engage on your phone. But to your point, now you're finding QR codes on wedding invites, on cocktail napkins, as advertisements, and, and even as a way to sign up for podcasts. So- <laughs> As you think about digital marketing, if you're a community property owner, you're looking for something that basically is looking to get customers to your web page or to a sign up form quickly. QR now makes a lot more sense due to its agility and simplicity of use. And then another big change that I wanted to call out was really just overall remote working. You know, this has seen a step function increase leading to massive career reshuffling, especially with the great resignation or reshuffling, depending on how you want to call it. And even for companies returning employees to the offices in office environments are now facing a heavy expectation of flexibility. Some won't even really return full-time anymore. So really the ability to work from home a significant portion of the time is becoming uh, ever more necessary for a certain type of consumer. So as a result, communities, they, they've got to really start to think about how they shift, given these, these changes in, in customer preference. So, you know, where they have community amenity sections, things listing the facilities that you've got in your property, I'd say even new unit designs. So as, as you think about how to use space more effectively within a property, either shared space that maybe many units are able to take advantage of, or space inside of a unit that can now flex from being an education center at one point to an office location to the next to maybe a living room after that, these are going to be increasingly attractive in this day and age.
1: Well, Ken, you touched upon something I just want to discuss a little bit further, you said that now the flexibility offers people the ability to work from home and a lot of people don't want to return to the office. Do you think that really has long staying power for the future? I mean, I get it that it's great to be able to do a Zoom from home and sometimes work from home when you have to, when we're challenged. But do you think that culturally speaking, it depends on what industry, that people really do want to work from home?
0: From my standpoint and the folks that I work closely with, and I don't think I'm alone in saying this, but, you know, Bess, I'd say the genie has been let out of the bottle. Right now, what's different between now and pre- and post-pandemic, say 100 years ago when we were going through the Spanish flu, is that we've got technology. And so back then, they were doing all the same things we were doing over the last couple of years social distancing, wearing masks, holding things outdoors, maintaining space, you name it, almost everything is similar. I won't say it's exactly the same. Yeah. But what's different is technology. And what they couldn't do then, that they could do now, is you could be pretty darn productive working remotely. And we found it true to be this. Case in Cox. I know many other businesses also, but not every industry was that fortunate. You know, if you were in hospitality, restaurants, that's where your customers were. There really was no virtual equivalent to it. But I'd say now, when you think about the time that people are saving, not having a commute, the time that they have while they're working at home with their family, and now having that engagement potentially throughout the day, has been really rewarding. And I think they found it more efficient, though. I did hear another interesting stat, I think it was on CNBC yesterday, where they said that Gen Z is actually showing up to retail locations in a major way right now. And they said one of the reasons is, you know, obviously to get out and about, but also to get away from their mobile devices. So, we're <laughs> seeing folks kind of engage and embrace and kind of be out and about, but now they've got I think I think the whole country, if not even the whole world, has realized that now technology is there that could change and further transform how we operate and it's it's frankly challenged a lot of Folks that still held on to the more traditional ways and are now being forced to embrace this new thinking and this new approach. And for some companies, it's one of looking at your culture. Even here at Cox, we talk about what we were able to accomplish when we're here together. But, uh, you know, for me, I look at it as glass half full in that we're now redefining a newer culture. One that embraces digital and embraces the ability to be remote and flexible. And uh, we're kind of excited. I'm personally excited to see where it takes us.
1: Yeah, I think a hybrid scenario is great. I personally, it just depends, but it's hard to replace, I think, the collaboration or the collaborative spirit of being together with colleagues in the office, in an environment. You know, I think it's both, in my opinion, Ken. I think that it's great to have the technology to be able to work from home. But for me, for example, I have everybody back at the office now. And so it just depends on the industry. But I agree, technology keeps us very efficient.
0: Hey, Bess, if I could interject one thing. Yeah. Just in addition, we have had a lot of folks basically say how operating in a virtual capacity, using Teams or Zoom, whichever tool or app that you're using. And now, as we've got employees throughout the nation in many different remote locations, they feel like now more than ever, they're on an equal footing with everybody. So now how they're displayed, how they're heard, how they engage, everything is pretty much equal. And so if you think about the diversity and inclusion aspects to that, that's actually one thing that people start to focus on when we start to gather them together, because then it's, oh, well, yes, we're here in Atlanta, but we've got some other folks that are out in Virginia or Phoenix, for example. And now they start to feel the difference. They start to feel the, the I don't want to call it disparity, but they feel as if uh, they're losing a little bit of that equal playing field. That's
1: a good point. So how do you think communities are adapting and continue to grow their business and attract residents in the multifamily space when it comes to digital?
0: Well, you know, honestly, nowadays, the rental market is booming. There's limited supply, super high demand, especially with homebuyers finding themselves increasingly priced out of the home market. Rental prices are rising, and I've even heard examples where people are now overbidding on rental units, just like they've been overbidding on new home sales.
1: I am a witness to that because I am in the real estate industry and we're in you know four states. And I can just tell you that the sales market and the rental market are both incredibly fluid and busy. And there is there are bidding wars when it comes to rentals, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a wild time right now. And so I'd say, and then you add to that, the war on talent. And I think property management companies, you know, they've got to turn to technology to look at the services they provide their new and current community members. And with inflation on the rise, now they've got to look to budgets and as well, you know, across their property and maybe uh, the the aggregate properties that they maintain. So I'd probably say growing and attracting residents now is more focused on doing so more efficiently and cost effectively than ever before. And I really think this is uh, where going more digital can be particularly effective.
1: Yep, I agree with you. So what are some of the ways that communities are leveraging digital to streamline their business?
0: Well, from my standpoint, I'd say that we found among the first places, the focus is really on the community website itself. Start there. That's typically where new prospects will show up. But research shows that over 85% of prospective residents will visit the community website first. And when visiting, It's important to keep in mind that they may be very mobile in the act of doing so. So, in fact, over 50% of website visits are from consumers primarily using a smartphone. So they're very likely on the go while they're looking at the website. If you think about it, if they're looking for a place to live, they're probably doing it, hitting a number of locations and then refining their list. So most are very aware of the communities in their particular areas from what we see. They know where they want to be. They've narrowed it down to a smaller list. A lot of times before they even show up to your website, or even ours for that matter, they crowdsource their input. So they're looking at, you know, what are what do people they know say? What have they experienced? They're getting feedback and perspective. And then once they've made up their mind, and, and this is really an important point, they made up their mind before they visit your website, they might have a few others in contention, but it's almost that website's, I guess it's opportunity to lose or, or win. I'll probably say it in a positive way mm-hmm. from what happens there. And so really over 85% of the time, people are using social media to to crowdsource and narrow their list to make a decision. So I'd say any business that is continuing to to invest wisely on the social side, and drive that is a powerful way of being in the space where people are still forming their opinion but haven't shown up to your website just yet
1: so you think like tiktok are you would tiktok be inclusive of that
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I've not heavily used TikTok myself, but I know people that uh, my old boss had focused on getting golf lessons on TikTok and apparently it has improved his game. So now I I am sold on the power of TikTok though. I I need to explore it further myself, but all of this are, are just avenues. And clearly there are different demographics and folks, you know, some may use TikTok and others might use something else like Facebook or what have you. And so I'd say, don't Don't limit yourself. But if you're looking to cast a net and bring in more of a certain type of uh, prospect, then clearly those apps can stand out and who you might be able to reach and how quickly you might be able to reach them.
1: Yep, it's true. You definitely cast a wide net with those for sure.
0: Exactly. And so, you know, there's a couple other things they can do. So the website is the start of the process. And so once you establish that, now you want it to show up in search engines. And so as you think about how Google crawls websites and how it does that across everything that's online, having content that's optimized for organic search to reduce the need for paid branded or non-branded keywords can really help a budget, particularly in this day and age where we know ad costs are continuing to rise. And where possible, I'd say anything a community can do to establish tighter online relationships with key service providers or, or local businesses nearby. You know, it could be the Starbucks down the street to create enhanced cross-visitation. Anything you can do to have movement between your website and theirs actually elevates the ranking for your website and theirs in search engines. So that's another way of getting a little bit more bang for your buck. And then if you really want to be among the best you're really looking at having your website optimized across desktop and mobile devices, especially mobile. It's so important for Google. And I'd say you're also leveraging, engaging, and even interactive content that can be easily shared. So you're using keywords and terms that are well used and understood by your customers. You're thinking of social media. And anything you can do from a viral standpoint that takes off, like you know the TikToks, you might do something that is just really cool and different, and then that could set you apart from the competition.
1: Very helpful. Well, you mentioned a few digital marketing tactics. How are privacy concerns and changes affecting the entire landscape here?
0: Well, boy, are they. (laughs) Research shows that 75% of Americans are very concerned about online privacy. Uh, Most actually, amazingly, don't take any significant action, though. So depending on your age, a Gen Z, for example, doesn't even really know a world. And this is the, the startling thing. They don't even know a world where their information online activities or even their location isn't known by one or more apps. So they they know they're being tracked and watched, but they're okay with it. What has been changing is that consumers are becoming more and more aware of how their personal data is being used and that gives them the power. And so as it relates to ad targeting in particular, in fact, over 40% of Americans are not comfortable receiving ads that target their browsing history or their location, sexual identity, political affiliation, or even their age. But you're, you're probably okay with ads that target you that just really happen to meet your particular need at the time. So it's, it's a matter of really knowing and being aware of what you're sharing and what you're not. And then, of course, depending on the devices you use, back to mobile devices, whether you're using Apple or Google or other kind of OSs, they've taken steps that basically will block third-party cookies. And so Apple Safari, for example, and even Mozilla Firefox already banned third-party cookies, and Google will block them in Chrome in 2023. And then, of course, as we know, many may be familiar that Apple went a step farther with this last year and enabled an app tracking transparency feature, which now allows you to determine if an app can use your data or you're sharing your data with it. For the benefit of that app. And in some cases, some apps, as we know, are not always the great stewards of your personal data and might sell that data or make it more available than what they're advertising, which could cause great problems, depending. So the good news is a community that has a great web experience, solid use of content, is doing all they can to optimize their search engine presence, can really minimize any privacy impacts to their digital marketing programs from this increased Privacy concerns or scrutiny.
1: It's funny that you said that because I have a teenage daughter. I was away with her, and you know, Snapchat has this thing, a feature that, you know, has your location, and she was able to find a friend, was in the exact place that we were from her Snapchat. And she, so, and, and these are just things that she takes as a given. And so it's just a different mindset altogether.
0: I'd like to think that that will work great for them in the long run. <laughs> the reality will be in any, Anybody who has dealt with identity theft or anything like that will know that it's that first really bad experience that will now open up a whole (laughs) Pandora's box of issues that hopefully folks are able to avoid. But some have to contend with that uh, then that starts to have you appreciate keeping your data, your sensitive data private.
1: Yeah, I'm more sensitive to it. But again, I was raised in a different, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, so a little bit different. So, you know, I'm hearing more and more about residents who are willing to make the rental decision without ever seeing the community and the unit in person. And I do think that people with rentals, because it's a temporary endeavor, you know, it's not like you're purchasing your home. It's a temporary time frame that you're going to be there. We see that as well, that people are sometimes willing to do that. Are you seeing a lot of that as well, Ken?
0: Yeah, we have. In the communities I've talked to, they've all seen a pretty significant uptick. There are several factors. Uh, before the pandemic, there was research that I had looked at and shared that about 15% of the people were willing to rent a unit without actually seeing it in person. Since the pandemic, I don't have latest research, but I'd say it's probably well north of that now. And then add to that what we were just talking about, just how there's such great competition for a limited supply of rental units. Now time is of great concern. So if you can review something, see it, and then pull the trigger, make a decision on it quickly, that probably separates you from others to ensure that you at least are best positioned to get the unit, depending on what the demand looks like. So I'd say... Really, anything that a business can do now to really leverage photos, you, you see this today, videos, there's drone footage, you'll get the nice 360, high you know, elevation views, FaceTime walkthroughs for folks that just can't be there, but they've got the interest and they want to see it. So that plus a wealth of social feedback that's out there been searching for a place. All of this is really the new normal. And I'd say it's just how hungry are you to attract the type of person that you're looking for? When do you know that you've got one on the other end of the line? So I'm going to use another fishing analogy. And then what are you making available to help make that easy for them in the event that they might not be able to actually be there in person, but time is of the essence. So... That plus looking at the whole new customer onboarding process. So, hey, they're looking at your content, but now they want to move quickly. So what does the community and the property have in place to really expedite a rapid online onboarding? Having an experience that does that, to what extent can it be automated? All of this plays a role in not only making it more efficient, but then reducing the cost to shepherd this through. So I could probably go on and on, Bess, about just... Um, what communities can do here, but there's always so much more that can be done to improve the new customer journey. And frankly, things are evolving with the new technologies and whatnot every single day.
1: If you can make things clear from the website and then the onboarding process seamless, I would think that would really attract a lot of people. Do you find that you have a streamlined onboarding process for people that are interested and they want to, you know, they are willing to not go in person and they want to do this all online? Is it one, two, three, easy as can be?
0: It can be for some, you know, I would say that folks, from what I'm I'm gathering from conversations with property management teams... They are finding that what once folks were particularly picky about or concerned about has changed. And so they're looking for the space. They're looking for good appliances. They're looking for the, the standard features. They, they're they assuming that it's going to have the quality that they're looking for in the pictures, the videos. This type of content can help show them. And, and in some cases, having a picture that shows, hey, these are the types of units we have in our community is one thing. Here's the type of unit that you're selecting, and this is what it comes featured with, is another thing. But actually showing pictures of here is your unit that you are looking at that we will place you in. That's the coup de gras, I guess. You'd probably be looking at folks that are going to look at that closely, make sure it meets their needs, that there isn't anything unusual about it. And usually the the full 360 experiences can bring that to life. But yeah, Absolutely.
1: Ken, tell me, like, what else would you want to share, or could you share with the multifamily, like that space and digital experiences? Is there anything else you can add or inform us about?
0: Yeah, you know, from a digital since we're on the topic of digital marketing, I'd say so. We've talked about the website, we've talked about how important it is that the journey starts there, what leads to that, the search engines, the other things that businesses can do to kind of expand the social dimension of it. But as all of that sweat and equity has been put into place to put those things into motion, now you're really treasuring everything that's coming through the experience. And I'd say the tension now turns to maximizing your conversion. And so really, in terms of bringing in everything that can enhance that experience and bring it to fruition, everything spanning value-added content, leveraging your key partners within your community, for example, like your communications partners provider like Cox, and then what we can do in terms of internet, video, and, and other services that we provide. But within the customer journey, I'd say it's about helping each person find their new home and how they would envision it and everything within it, including services that you're as a community bringing together and enabling in that unit for them that makes that unit now their home. So I'd say, look for ways to provide these glimpses, however possible, to help it come together for them in a way so that your staff doesn't have to have all of the answers to all of the questions all of the time. They've got other things they've got to do. It's crazy times nowadays, and you can leverage your key partners in ways that can now start to answer some of these questions for you based on the content, based on what's on the site. So again... Back to the amenities section, you might have a section that, for example, talks about internet service, video, security capabilities, home automation. And this is where Cox leans in to actually help boost this for properties so that we're answering the types of questions that we know people are going to ask and takes the burden off of your staff. So looking at your partners, I'd say think about how units may be pre-equipped to provide needed services. Also, like easy and immediate activation of services, like Internet is one, but not limited to that. But it's really, as always, it's the little things that can make such a big difference. And I'd say you've brought them through the flow. They've submitted. They're engaged. They're they're signing on. But looking at things like that first welcome email. Uh, How is that position? How's it laid out? What else is included in there? What are the types of questions they're going to be thinking about next? And how do you connect the dots to that? As well as, you know, including that within other messages and links to value-added providers. So really, I'd say anything that could recognize that as a person comes to your website, they're going to be thinking about what it's like to live there. They're going to be thinking about other things they're going to want to do after that. But help them understand where they might find these things in the journey itself, and then ultimately, when they onboard within that communication, that really sets up that for a real win-win experience within the, uh, the community.
1: Yeah, I mean, home, whether you're renting or you're buying, home is a highly emotional commodity. So I think everything, all the points that you made, Ken, are just, just like right on. So Ken, you you spoke about how important it is to drive traffic to a website. So talk to us a little bit about search engine optimization or SEO, as people mention or talk about. How do we mesh the two?
0: Search engine optimization sounds a little intimidating when you hear it, though I think all of us know how often we use search engines like Google on a daily basis, And when you're designing a website, a website experience, you're not only designing it for your consumers, but you also have to design it for the search engines as well. Because what happens is, is that Google will review a website, they will scan its structure, they will look at the content that's there, they will look at and compare notes on what people are searching for. And those that select terms that bring them to your website. And they'll, they've got infinite almost knowledge on being able to compare how that's performing for you versus how it might be performing for somebody else. And all of this gives Google, as I'll, I'll pick on Google here for a second, tremendous insight to what lends itself to better conversion. And inside of search engine optimization, so one, setting up your website so that it's, very structured. It's very orderly. When you're using the navigation, it's very clear. It's consistent through the site. Google will look at that and search engines in particular will look at that and understand that that's your structure. They will crawl the subsequent pages. They're scanning content, but they're also looking at how well it presents on mobile devices. So if I hit content first, they're looking for keywords they know what people are searching for. They see the content on your site. Anywhere there's a nice match, they will bring traffic to your site by elevating the ranking within the search engine. Anywhere there's more of a mismatch, then that tends to push a website down as it relates to those particular keywords and your particular site. So knowing what people are searching for having those keywords, and when I say keywords, I'm talking, they could be words, phrases, any you know, technical term or jargon, but anything that is common to say your property, your community, to the features, the things that you're advertising, all of this is very important to connect the dots so it shows up within the experience because Google will find that. And then again, the better it matches, the more it's going to be highly ranked. And then on mobile devices, If anything, the desktop experience is important, and usually a lot of folks will go to the desktop experience after they've done preliminary research on a mobile device, but the mobile device experience from a search engine standpoint is even more so. Google heavily weights how the mobile experience is structured, how it appears, how well it works, and also how fast it loads. If it loads quickly, it's going to rank higher. If it loads slowly, it's gonna be penalized for that. So these are all factors that a when a marketer for a property or community is looking at how to optimize performance are things to consider in order to ensure that you're getting the biggest bang for the buck. And you'll see it. And that's the thing. You're not going to have to wait very long to see the results. Is that once you start making these changes and you're starting to fine tune the experience, you're going to see your rankings start to go up for certain keywords. And then it's easy to type in something and not see your site come up and go, okay, I guess that's another area to focus. And then once you focus on it, boom, you're going to show up in in the results for your particular community. So I'd say it's evolving and it's okay not to get it perfect at the get-go, but it's important to always keep an eye on it because the algorithms and the things behind the scenes that search engines use are always changing and always adjusting the prioritization of it that could change how you're presented in the view. So it's important to keep a, a close heartbeat on this.
1: Well, Ken, we're wrapping up the episode now, but what's one little nugget of advice that you would give in regards to digital and multifamily residences, anything else you want to share with us?
0: Absolutely, Bess. I'd say for those out there listening, I'd say from a digital marketing standpoint, don't be afraid to try. Try ideas that you have as a team, things you'd like to do online online. If there's something that might break the mold, but you're a little hesitant about it, the, the beauty of digital is that you can do something pretty quick, see the results. If they're what you like, you can do more of it. If it's not, then you can instantly stop at change and go back to what you were doing before the next idea comes along. I'd say, if anything, use digital for the speed it can provide and the insight it can drive to your business.
1: Thank you so much, Ken. Really, we appreciate your time.
0: Thank you, Bess. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks so much to Ken for coming on the show today and giving us so many ways to leverage digital marketing into tangible business success. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and leave a review. Thanks again for listening. I'm Bess Friedman, and this has been Open Door, brought to you by Cox Communities.